Welcome to episode 1003. It's January 12th, and you're listening to the Geek at Geek News Central. This show is sponsored in part by GoDaddy.com. And listeners like you, pick up a domain name for just $1.49 or get 30% off your next purchase at GoDaddy.com. All my GoDaddy specials can be found at GeekNewsCentral.com forward slash GoDaddy. Hey, folks, glad to be back in the chair. I'm going to tell you. Feels like it's been forever. I know you've all missed it. I missed you guys too. You guys know what comes next. Strap in. Here it comes. All right, people, I need a go no go for the Geek News Central podcast. Digital archive recorders. We're go fly. Microphone. We're go fly. Video feed. Go. Web browser. Go. RSS data stream aggregator. Go fly. Interflux totism suppressor. All right. I'm confused. Host readiness check. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. The Geek News Central Podcast is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are ready to go. Cue Todd in... Five. Button, button, who's got the button? Four. There is no cause for alarm. Three. Everybody hold on to something. Two. Just press the button. One. It's showtime. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Geek News Central. Of course, my name is Todd Cockburn. I'm your host, and wow... It, I mean, it feels like it's been a long time, <laughs> and it it has here in the studio, but you guys are just with me a few days ago out in Vegas. We got to talk about that, and man, just a whole bunch of stuff, but we got a lot of great tech news tonight as well. I, I guess I want to just give a warm, warm welcome to all of the HANA, and since this is really the first show of the new year, it's a little late, but happy new year, and I uh, hope you guys had a great time uh, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Uh, I know I did. I was on an airplane headed towards Vegas. But, uh, you know, things are just uh, absolutely out of control here right after Christmas. And uh, things just were nuts and trying to get ready to go. Uh, but uh, I'm glad to be back. I really am. Um, and for those of you that are brand new to the show, we're going to kind of catch up with some stuff tonight. I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, Vegas. Not too much. going to share with you guys a couple of cool videos. So those of you that are listening, um, this show is going to be kind of unique tonight because some of the gear is still on its way back from Vegas. I've got the cameras back. I have uh, about 80% of the studio, um, but there was two things that I forgot to drop into really the boxes coming back with me on the airplane. Is one was the video capture card, and of course the Mac Pro is is on the way back, but we're doing a little cap, different type of capture on the on the TriCaster tonight, so maybe we'll end up with a media file we can use uh, for the RSS feed. But uh, irregardless, I'll have the YouTube embed on the website if that isn't the case. But you're going to want, those of you that are listening, are going to kind of want to watch or, or basically time it so that when I tell you to come and listen to the video, look at the watch, and let you, I'll let you know what uh, uh, segment to come into because I want you to watch a couple of these videos I've got for you tonight. Anyway, I'll have that up for you just in, in a little short while. Um, so I guess a couple things going on here that I want to um, talk about. Um, of course, if you're brand new, make sure you come over and, and, and get access to geekmecentral.com. And really what you're going to do while you're over there is subscribe to the podcast. That's the most important thing. You can do it on iTunes or via the RSS feed. There's lots of subscription options here for you. Uh, and it basically tells you how to subscribe to the podcast gives you the instruction book and how to do it. If you've never subscribed to a podcast before, we want you to subscribe to the show. That's the most important part. So that way you'll always be connected and then you'll get the shows automatically delivered to your device. 
uh, and be available for you anytime um, that you're really out and about or in, in your commute or wherever it may be. At the same time, you can subscribe to the newsletter. That's basically a link on the second column of the website. That's a great way to stay connected. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Geek News. And let's let's put the right camera angle. Up, 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 up. Let's. <laughs> I'm all thumbs. Let's put the uh, uh, on Twitter. You can follow me at Geek News, and then uh, that's really the place to follow. Of course, you can email me anytime. Geeknews at gmail.com. And all of our social media stuff is on the website, so really don't need to go into it any deeper there. But you're going to want to check out the Tech Podcast channel on the Roku as well, uh, Google TV, because I'm going to have lots of content slamming at you here over about the next uh, two to three weeks. Probably the heavy push on media will start, uh, I would expect, Wednesday, uh, when I'm going to be start dropping a bunch of stuff up. The team has already been right working on some videos. It's been coming up on Geek News Central. And uh, I've got them basically about 30 videos to start off to work with. So those will be coming out little by little as the team is working on those. So uh, those will be forthcoming. And uh, we got a lot of content to share with you. And uh, I think you're going to be excited with some of the stuff that, we're, that we've recorded at the show, either in the booth or uh, out on the floor talking with, uh, with different vendors. But anyway, definitely get your Rokus fired up. Or just come over to the website at geeknewcentral.com and you'll be able to uh, stay connected. Of course, this show tonight is sponsored in part by our good friends over at godaddy.com. And I, I got to say thank you to all of you. I got the December results. And I think the number was 327. 327 of you became new customers of GoDaddy in December. Uh, that's just spectacular. I, I kind of I did a little jig when I got the uh, um, email uh, basically in Vegas. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm humbled. Absolutely appreciative of your ongoing support, but uh, the deals have been so good that they have uh, they've just re- renewed them. So the dollar forty nine dot com by using promo code geek one forty nine is still in effect. I'm hearing something. I don't know. Someone's yelling. Huh. All right. So geek one forty nine is the code. And uh, for the for the dollar forty nine dot com, thirty percent off a new order by using promo code GNC three zero, and then there's a whole host of codes. I mean, you guys have been using the full spectrum, absolutely using the full spectrum of codes, and I'm definitely appreciative of you when you do that. How come this is not switching? All right, there we go. I wonder why that was acting odd. I, all right, let's let's put that there and see if that does what it's supposed to do. Um, had a little bit of problem before the beginning of this. Let me try this and see if this is actually going to work. Yes, that's okay. It's switching the way it's supposed to. <laughs> yeah, I think a button got pushed while it was gone or two. But anyway, all these codes at GoDaddy are going to save you money. And really, you find them by going over to geeknesscentral.com forward slash GoDaddy. That's the place to go to find really all the great deals. And we want you to save money. And uh, that's the best way to do it. And we definitely appreciate your ongoing support of, of my primary sponsor of the show, GoDaddy.com. And, of course, uh, thank them for being here a long, long time. All right, so let's kind of go back to the topic at hand. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of pumped tonight to be back. Um, as I picked the kids up and was riding uh, back to the house with my, with my wife, and she was driving, I was like, man, honey, I'm a little bit jet-lagged. And she says, well, you need to get, you know, 
pumped up for tonight's show. So I uh, worked on that a couple hours prior to getting started here, and, I am, and I'm ramped up and uh, ready to share. But uh, definitely a little jet lagged, having been 10 days in Vegas. You know, flew out of here New Year's Eve and uh, landed uh, uh, basically the morning of the 1st. Uh, my mom and I got into uh, Vegas within about 10 minutes of each other. I had gotten the rental car. Uh, basically, I had one of those deals where you just walk straight through, get to the car. I'd loaded my luggage in. I had texted her. Uh, where the car was. And by the time I got the car essentially started and loaded, she was about halfway down the walkway and w- went down and, and met her, grabbed her bag, stumped him in the car, and then we were off. And uh, I think the first stop we made was Walmart, picked up some water, uh, some of the stuff that we typically pick up prior to the show, and then uh, went to Aria to the buffet and had uh, had lunch. And essentially at that point, we were kind of like free for the next uh, couple of days. So uh, went to pick stuff up from the uh, from FedEx, uh, I believe, when did we get that? We got it uh, Friday and then uh, stored most of the stuff in the room overnight, which was kind of interesting because I, I really realized how much we had downsized in the pack out because it just wasn't, the whole room wasn't full of stuff. And then Saturday morning, um, actually not Saturday, Sunday morning, uh, we started the booth setup, and it was, I'm going to be honest with you, I get stressed out like it's nobody's business. I mean, big time stressed out, and there was no stress. Um, I had a few small, small little things that happened, but I mean, very minor, nothing to the point where I was just like tripping. So it was just, man, I'm going to tell you, the team gelled quick. It was great. It really, really was. There was no extra equipment buys this year. We, we, we left one cable at home and really we didn't leave it at home. We, we just didn't know we needed it. So we had one DVI cable and we, we, we lived without it. Um, and that, you know, just shows you how well this thing put came together. It really was amazing. And, um, I want to talk about the team just a little bit. And I really want to share this with you guys because um, you, as an Ohana and as a family, I'm going to tell you, we have a, a listener base. And you are part of this Ohana. That is, you guys know me. Um, I may not know you completely, but we, we, we're like uh, two peas in the same pod to a certain extent. If you've been listening to me this long, um, I'm not surprised anymore when I meet any one of you. And um, Michael, one of our listeners, came out, drove in from California. Um, him and I had had, and, he, and I had kind of forgotten about it. He reminded me we'd had dinner together years ago in San Diego. And Michael came out and, you know, just basically turned to. And, and, and Michael, I know you're listening. Man, you are a machine. Have a, I mean, a witty sense of humor. Uh, I, I mean, I laughed so hard at some of the things you said, and and it was just, I was really appreciative of having you uh, a part of the team this year. And I hope that uh, if you feel uh, I'm worthy to come back next year, uh, it really was incredible having you on the team. Now it wasn't just uh, Michael; it was Jack, it was Chris. Of course, my mom, Sherry, took care of the basically getting people in and out of the booth. It was Marlo from the Tech Ranch. 
uh, Todd Ani from the Elder Divide, Don Bain from the Gadget Professor and his son, Mike, Jamie Davis and Chris uh, from Health Tech Weekly. We had Scott and Nick from F5 Refreshing Tech and their support team. And if I missed anybody, I'm really apologizing, but it was just, it was like no one complained. We all got a lot done. We, the guests came in and got out and it was just great. And um, we finished up on Friday. Now we're, I was kind of watching live stream stats. We had uh, as high as like maybe 2,800 to low as maybe 125 on the stream. Uh, And this year, the stream was completely different. We didn't rush. We just did what we wanted to do. We didn't try to do a lot of fill. Um, it, it worked out great. And those of you that didn't watch any of the show, you really missed an incredible production. You really did. And, um, this was what the schedule looked like for those of you that can see this right now. Those of you that are watching, this is a spreadsheet, the planning spreadsheet. And, um, there's very few holes. It was pretty full. I think, you know, in, in the entire time, um, that we were running, we may have had three, four no shows during the week. Uh, I mean, during each day. And that is like, Oh, you have no idea how well that is. And we had some companies come in and we had only hardly anybody booked for Friday and we filled, I think Friday's show was almost better than the rest of the week. And if you guys were watching, if you guys didn't watch on Friday, Holy smoke, some great products came through there. Some stuff that really wowed me. Um, and and we, I think we kept a lot of the junk out of the show this year. So I was really pleased um, with the content. The emails are already, people are already slamming and saying, when are the videos going to be out? When are the videos going to be out? Um, met some great companies and uh, connected with them. So I'm really, really happy um, with the entire operation. It was great. And... Um, and I know that you guys kind of get tired of me talking about the CES coverage, but it's a monumental undertaking to get that show put together and do. And last year when I came back at this time, I was saying, let that's it. No more. But this year I'm back. I'm thinking, man, we can, I can do this again. Um, this, this was doable. Um, would like to add a couple more team members for 2016. Cause I didn't, I spent a lot of time, um, in the basically the broadcast booth. I didn't spend a lot of time on the floor. The show has grown so big. Even if you're not covering it, I don't know how you see the whole show, to be honest with you. It should be five days. It shouldn't be a four-day show. It's that many vendors. But I think we're going we're gonna to shock you guys. I think we're going to be close to 300 interviews. Um, I haven't got the total. I know the F5 guys did 60. Marlo did like 40 or 50. You know, I probably did 30. Jamie probably did 40. We had a hundred and some come through the booth. Um, it's big. Uh, something's running here. Hang on. I thought I was hearing something. One of those. Uh, yeah, one of the uh, uh, browser tabs is uh, playing an audio file. I can hear it. So just turn the speaker down. So anyway. I had a great time. Let me show you a video that Don Bain did. He used a time-lapse camera. Now, in a minute and 40 seconds, you're going to see eight hours of content. So let me 
reload this because I keep getting I, I updated Flash today, and uh, it. Uh, all right, so let me blow the. Let me okay. I'm gonna flip this and then I'm gonna explode it. So let me flip it here. I'll play and just just watch this video. So you can just see people flying, of course. It's for about the 30-second mark. <laughs> guest, 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 guest. Oh, they're just flying in, flying out. Now I'm up. And it's, you know, it's those of you that are, are listening, you're like, what is, what's going on here? There's no audio. But it's just a, you know, and if you guys watch in the booth, you look at Jack and Michael uh, in the left-hand part of the video. They're, they're there the whole time. Michael's taking pictures of every guest doing a live blog of every guest that came in, a little bit of an underwriting. And it just goes on and on and on. These guys, you know, Chris is running a TriCaster, but Michael's still sitting there. I mean, it's like this team was a machine. You know, the hosts are swapping out and going in and out, but the but the booth team, the you know, the, the production team are, are right there, you know, not moving the whole time. So this is just a very cool time-lapse video, a minute and 40 seconds of eight hours of content, and it gets to the point where, boom, we've wrapped up, we're done for the day, guests are on, we're all walking around, we're all talking, and boom, we're out of there. So it's it was so cool to be a part of this uh, great team. But anyway, I, I've talked enough on this. Um, we've got a lot of exciting videos coming for you. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited to be able to put those up. Make sure you subscribe to the special uh, media feed. Okay, so let me go ahead. Let me through this. I think that's it. Your support, I, I, contributions. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you appreciate the stuff that we're putting up for you on CES, a, a small donation would be great via the PayPal link on the website or becoming an insider. We're going to make Michael an honorary. Uh, we're going to give him an honorary level today uh, during the show. And uh, we'll cover that a, a little bit later. And Jack, too. Uh, Jack is going to gain a uh, honorary title as well uh, for his hard work and uh, in doing stuff for us uh, for, for the past number of years and uh, uh I'll, I'll cover that a little bit uh, later in the podcast but uh, i'm excited to be able to uh to basically honor both these guys um for their hard work and i should have done it uh long long before so anyway let's go ahead and get into the tech content tonight um i'm still amped up from the show <laughs> And that doesn't happen all the time. It really doesn't. And I do want to say thanks for, um, how come that page is not loading? It's flash again. Why are you having trouble? It's, you know, sometimes I, I when I got back to the studio, you, you know, there's some little bit of internet trouble here because pages are not doing what they're supposed to do. So that's taken care of. Let's go ahead and let me load the other browser here so we can get into the stack. 
All right. Big news. Big, big, big news out of the Detroit Auto Show. And uh, starts right off with Ford GT and their big announcement today. And, um, and none of us that probably listen, if there's someone in this show that can afford this thing, uh, this new GT that they are, have not announced a price on yet, but we're expecting to be in the $150,000 plus range. This Ford GT is absolutely beautiful. 600 horsepower twin turbo V6 and a completely carbon fiber design. Absolutely incredible. And uh, that was announced today at the Detroit Auto Show, followed up by the folks at uh, Chevy announcing the Chevy Bolt. It's uh, GM's long-range all-electric car, 200 miles on a single charge while being light on the pocket. According to the company, this car will have a starting price of $30,000, much cheaper than many of the electric cars that are available on the market today. A little four-door job with not a lot of storage, it looks like. But uh, for 200 miles, for $30,000, that might be my... I hate to say, you know, I I was really kind of not thinking I would ever buy another Chevy. Um, This made me bring me back. I don't know. Uh, But uh, pretty impressive uh, uh, price tag. Uh, Probably 2017 model is the time frame that uh, they're talking about. Now, of course, Ford announced the GT. Acura announced the new NSX. And, of course, there was big news on uh, uh, Sync 3. We'll be talking Actually, I've got some videos on Sync 3 that will be coming out. But, uh, you know, a lot of cool stuff being announced at the Detroit Auto Show. Um, and I think that uh, what this means is it's just the companies are trying to really make things happen in this auto space. It's uh, time for innovation. Now, Ford's going to let third-party navigation apps run on cars with Sync 3. This is, a, this is big. So if you don't like the turn-by-turn navigation that comes as part of Ford's Sync 3, um, you're going to be able to have other options. So the AppLink software version three will allow for the projection of moving graphics like those necessary for nav apps on the touchscreen and Ford cars. And app developers will need to integrate the open source smart device link project if they want to get maps working on Ford's latest information infotainment systems. Now, talking with the Ford rep at CES, they uh, basically say that's going to, you know, developers are going to be able to develop to Ford Sync 3, and uh, you're going to be able to, of course, they're going to be, you know, really kind of, uh, they're still the gatekeepers, but there's a chance that if you come up with a compelling enough app that uh, they're going to let you get in. And and again, Sync 3 is a brand new platform. It's going to be a new model cars uh, starting in 16. And uh, so just be aware of that. If you have the, the old sync or different uh, technology, it's not going to be upgraded because they've really put a lot of work into the hardware. It's very smooth, very fast. Um, they really went to a lot of thought. And I've got a very, very long interview with 12 minutes or so. They go really into deep into the features of Sync 3 and it'll give you really all the information that you need to make a decision on whether or not you want to wait to 16 to buy a new Ford car with Sync 3 in it. At the same time, at the C- at CES, there was a huge section, and I wish I'd gotten in there earlier. Um, the drone section blew me away, and I had some videos I put up in the live blog. If you haven't went through the live blog from TPN.TV, you need to go through there. You can see the almost the whole show, 
really from my camera and the other folks that were there, we shot a lot of pictures. Um, I take you through the Sony booth. I take you to a variety of different locations and just, you know, I do some video, um, do a lot of snaps, uh, fun stuff in there as well. So definitely look at all that stuff in the live blog. I mean, it, we got huge numbers on that. Um, and, and they're still totalizing, but uh, well over 1 million views on the live blog alone. So definitely get over there and look at the live blog at tpn.tv. You'll see the link in it on the third, uh, second column. And I'll probably link it up on my website at some point too. But um, the drone section, how can I describe, describe it? 25 companies, drones from big as my fist to the big ones. Um, there was folks there that, and, and these things are flying themselves, following you around, taking pictures. They even had a drone that did nothing but selfies. It'd fly out to a set predetermined height and angle and, and snap a shot of you. Some that would do off the side, you could track wherever you were going. I mean, it was like, holy cow. And you, you don't have to fly them. They fly themselves. That to me was like, yes. So where's this all going? Well, CNN and the FAA have signed a research deal to bring drones into uh, news reporting. So again, I'm sorry. I, I just yawned on you. Jet lagging here a little bit. So I, I can't do uh, jumping jacks in the studio today, but I almost need to. But drones are going to help these news organizations bring in the news. And CNN signed a deal that allows them to basically work together to kind of come up with some, you know, some guidelines and equipment that, did, you know, basically the FAA is going to be able to sign off on. So um, we'll see where this leads and uh, look forward to seeing this and uh, how this coverage is because they're going to be able to go places that regular cameraman couldn't and you know into dangerous crowds above dangerous crowds film stuff get close to different things i think it's really going to change our aspect and i i've not been for a better word a big drone fan but i saw some of the stuff this year at ces and i i want one or two um and it's gonna i'm gonna buy some stuff i am i'm thinking about some new content venues um you know and if you don't if they don't have to fly too far away um, I think it's going to be awesome. Who's sending me a, oh, <laughs> my phone just buzzed. Uh, one of my portals, an ingress portal is being attacked for those of you that know what that is. But, um, really was very excited with the, the whole drone space. And I got a lot of videos for that coming for you too. in the feed and the special media feed here at Geek News Central. All right, let's talk about the, uh, the mission to the International Space Station. Uh, SpaceX Lift 5 uh, basically went off like clockwork. And um, the top half of the multi-stage rocket success successfully delivered its cargo pod of supplies in the National Space Station uh, this afternoon. And the bottom reusable half separated and fell back to Earth. And uh, here's the word. The rocket made it to the drone spaceport ship, but landed hard, close, but no cigar this time. Uh, bodes well for the future though and they basically uh, and this i don't understand they ran out of hydraulic fluid so this thing must leak hydraulic fluid or something but uh that's the reason uh it crashed it made it all the way to the pad and then uh landed hard 
and you can see some of the damage on the uh, the barge, uh, and it really doesn't look bad per se, but uh, they definitely um, uh, it didn't go off as they expected. So they're looking forward to the next attempt here soon, um, but uh, they're going to send more hydraulic fluid in the rocket when it goes next time. So that appears to have been the uh, the major issue, and uh, shockwave flash crashed again. This is uh, insane. This this is why we have to update Flash in our browsers like every two days. You guys notice that? It's just they just don't work, um, and especially with Chrome, it's ridiculous. All right, so let's switch gears here a little bit. Um, the United States government convicted an eco terrorist and sentenced him to twenty years. Eric McDavid was sentenced to nearly 20 years in prison for alleged eco-terrorism, becoming the first person ever indicted for the Earth Liberation Front-related charges. He's now free to continue his life interrupted thanks to the FBI's dishonesty. Dishonesty appears that um, the FBI, for some reason, did not turn over um, like 10,000 files in relation to this uh, court proceeding, that his his lawyer never got it. The judge says, I've never heard or seen anything like this, said U.S. District Judge Morrison C. England, who originally sentenced McDavid. The judge ordered him released in accord with an unusual agreement between the prosecutor and his appellate attorneys. The judge says, I sat through the 10-day trial of McDonald. It clearly exasperated, England said, sometimes stopping to hold his head in his left hand. I know he's not necessarily a choir boy, but he doesn't deserve to go through this either. It's not fair. And uh, the, the prosecution cannot explain why the documents were not turned over. But to, despite this situation, beside this plea agreement that they've made able to, his, uh, um, he still had to, Plead guilty to one charge, and uh, but he's free to go. No more, no more twenty years. Um, and I, I, I don't know exactly how long he's been in jail. Let's hear what was the date on this. Uh, doesn't say how long he's been in jail, but uh, oh, he hasn't been in jail long. But long, it's been it's been quite a while. But long story short, um, withholding evidence, and uh, they've released him. So, uh, a young lady was involved in some of the coercion to make this guy do some of the things uh, he did. Okay, a little lighter note. You know, when uh, we went to the moon with Apollo, and we we brought some rocks back. Do you know what we left there? Well, there's quite a list. And I got a little bit of a laugh today because there was an article over on gizmodo.com talking about some items we've left um, at the moon. And here's a short list. Five American flags, two golf balls, 12 pairs of boots, TV cameras, film magazines, 96. Okay, this is where it gets. Oh, let me come back to this. Numerous Hasselbad cameras and accessories, several improvised javelins, various hammers, tongues, rakes, and shovels, backpacks, insulating blankets, utility towels, used wet wipes personal hygiene kits, empty packages of space food, photographs, a feather, uh, a hammer, 
a small silicon disc bearing goodwill messages from 73 world leaders, a pin, a medal, and 96 bags of urine, vomit, and feces. <laughs> so we weren't good campers. We just left this stuff on the moon because <laughs> uh, we had to bring rocks back. But yes, there's there's poop on the moon. <laughs> um. Anyway, I, I thought that was pretty funny. And uh, <laughs> gold-plated telescope. And uh, that's uh, was an expensive item that we left up there. So, uh, but anyway, pretty cool list of stuff. And uh, uh, left to the vacuum of space. And uh, uh, someday someone will go back there and bring us all this stuff home and we'll all laugh about it. Well, you know, future generations of our families will. <laughs> all right. Going back to tech. Uh, Big conference in the dot com dot TLD top level domain world. And uh, interesting write up on the register.co.uk. And uh, the uh, top level domain, you know, basically the folks that control the top level domains. One of the keynoters said, keynoters said, people don't like you and it's up to you to fix it. And it was apparently the message to the domain name industry during several keynotes. Um, one of the many challenges of the new top-level domains has been the negative public perception of the domain name industry. Accusations of cyber squatting and brand shakedowns through defensive registrations have done nothing to degenerate trust or goodwill. So basically they're saying that the, uh, the domain industry needs to kind of clean up their act. The reputation of the domain name industry needs work, one of the keynoters said. The DNA's job is to promote good news stories and help eradicate bad behavior. Another keynoter, a digital brand company, a, a lady from a digital branding company, reiterated the message, noting that many of the big brand owners she speaks to view the new top-low domains as a shakedown, designed to get money out of them rather than an opportunity for branding online. She says there's not a lot of enthusiasm for them, she pointed out. So it goes on talking about some of the stuff that's going on in the domain industry. And I'll be honest, there's a couple of domains that I want that uh, I don't think I'll be able to buy because the TLDs have decided, you know, the person that's bought that control that domain is basically not going to make them available for sale. And if they are, they're going to be extraordinarily high dollar amounts per month. And uh, I'm not going to go there. But uh, anyway, so pretty good article over on the register. I will give applaud the folks from Hacker Anonymous, uh, basically disabled an extremist website. When we were, of course, last week, uh, the tragedy happened in France. Um, we were talking to a lot of French vendors, and uh, there was uh, a number of French vendors that were there that uh, took us aside and um, it took me aside. Uh, specifically, and uh, because I had asked about their family, and uh, you know anyone affected, and one of the vendors had a uh, his best friend was working at the newspaper, and he had been killed, and um, then uh, another gentleman's wife was right down the street from the second incident that happened uh, from the deli, and uh, so you know they had some very strong emotions and stuff that would we could never put on tape or put on you know record. 
Um, but it's uh, it's pretty sad. These folks were um, pretty tore up. And, um, you know, I basically reiterated, reiterated a couple of stories that I had from uh, post 9-11 uh, about some French military people that I had uh, run into and how, you know, basically giving them a, you know, a, a thank you and kind of return for them supporting us after our event. I can only hope that uh, we as Americans will support the French the best we can after um, their incident. I do think it's uh, a shame that we did not send uh, or we did not have someone that was there in France yesterday uh, during their, uh, their basically the solitary, the solid, solid, their march, um, the I am Charlie march. But uh, um, yeah, pretty bad stuff for, for France. And uh, you've got to feel for them because we know this stuff's going to happen more. We really do. It's it's not going to end, and uh, so we'll just have to keep our fingers crossed here that uh, um, whatever it happens in the future uh, doesn't get out of control. It's already out of control, but I don't know if it can get any any less. I just think it's it's going to get worse. All right, the administration switching gears here. The administration has proposed a thirty day deadline for disclosing security breaches. The president has said the Personal Data Notification Protection Act would demand a single national standard requiring companies to inform their customers within 30 days of discovering their data has been hacked. In his speech Monday at the Federal Trade Commission, the president said that the current patchwork of state laws does not protect Americans and is a burden for companies that do business across the country. The president also proposed that the Student Data Privacy Act, which would prohibit technology firms from profiting from information collected in schools as teachers adopt tablets, online services, and internet-connected software, and he will announce voluntary agreements by companies to safeguard home energy data and provide easy access to credit scores as an early warning system for identity theft. So I think these are all, these are actually all initiatives I think we all can get behind. It makes a lot of sense, and I hope that the Senate and the Congress can put something together that is um, simple, that is not uh, full of, uh, you know, pork and uh, weird uh, adder language. And let's let's put some stuff on the, let's get some stuff through Congress that's going to help us uh, be protected from privacy, uh, financial information, the whole nine yards, and actually protect information from students in schools. So I'm liking these particular initiatives, and uh, I think they, uh, it's smart. Now, when we had our issue, I think we were three three days. Uh, we wanted to make sure we were all locked down. Uh, we wanted to make sure that uh, we knew exactly what had happened and then basically, you know, inform our customers what had happened. And we did. And, uh, you know, 30 days to me, I, I wish it'd be sooner. But I understand companies need time to kind of sometimes, uh, you know, figure out exactly what happened. But 30 days is a nice start because some companies never ever uh, announce what happened uh, from a security breach standpoint. Um, today, Samsung, and I don't know why they didn't do this last week, Samsung unveiled the new Galaxy A7. And uh, basically, they're saying this is a desperate bid to fend off Apple and Xiaomi. And uh, apparently, Samsung's not doing so great outside the U.S. market. Uh, on the international phone business, they're getting hurt. 
Um, the company has been losing market share to up-and-coming stars in the eastern markets, while the iPhone 6 and iPhone 6 Plus stole the expected sales away from products like the Samsung Galaxy S5. Samsung sold 40% fewer Galaxy S5 phones than expected to since the device to be debuted last year. And its new Galaxy A series were designed to emphasize the metal framework and style factors that many have felt the Galaxy S family lacked. So to counter this, the company is introducing, again, the Samsung Galaxy A7, a new smartphone that measures even thinner than iPhone 6 at 6.3 millimeters. Data on the phone's processors being uh, reported in a couple of locations, but the uh, it has a dual SIM, and it will come with a Qualcomm Snapdragon 615 processor with eight 64-bit CPU cores. Uh, a Cortex A53 at 1.5 gigahertz and a 1. gigahertz, and with an Adreno 405 GPU as well. So um, I've been testing right now, and let me see if I do. I have it here in the studio. Let me look. Let me look. I do not. I've been testing the uh, Samsung Edge. It was kind of cool having the Samsung Edge when everyone was touching them at the show. I was like, you want to see it? You want to touch one closer? And uh, interesting, uh, definitely an interesting phone. But uh, anyway, big news there from Samsung on the, again, on the Galaxy A7. And their bid to fend off Apple and Xiaomi, which is a, a brand that many of you probably are not familiar with, but is in the international market. Okay. Um... Any of you that are Mac users having problems with the loading website sometimes? Apparently, there's a DNS bug in OS 10.10, and uh, there's some instructions on how you can fix it. Uh, but uh, some folks are having some problems, and uh, it's not an easy thing to necessarily fix. you got to get in the command line and, uh, and basically download some stuff and, and, and replace. But if you're having problems, from time to time with stuff loading, be aware that there is a bug and uh, at some point it'll be fixed, but uh, not uh, not yet. A lot of talk about artificial intelligence and those drones that were flying by themselves essentially were, you know, a little bit of artificial intelligence. Um, maybe I shouldn't even say that. It's probably not right. I would tell it to go out 10 feet and hang up 10 feet in the air. And that's what it would do. The drone would go out 10 feet, go up 10 feet in the air, then follow me. And take pictures of me, and if I was on a skateboard or on a motorcycle, it would it could track with me and so forth. So pretty intelligent. But the artificial intelligence experts across the globe are signing an open letter urging that AI research should not only be done to make it more capable, but should also proceed in a direction that makes it more robust and beneficial while protecting mankind from machines. Now, you know, can we believe we're having this conversation? The Future of Life Institute, a volunteer-only research organization, has released an open letter imploring that AI does not grow out of control. It's an attempt to alert everyone to the dangers of a machine that could outsmart humans. The, letter con- the letter's concluding remarks reads, Success in the quest for artificial intelligence has a potential to bring unprecedented benefits to humanity and it is therefore worthwhile to research how to maximize these benefits while avoiding potential pitfalls. I don't think you can avoid pitfalls. Once these machines, once we have AI that really becomes self-aware, how can you put safeguards in something that can think for itself? Now, think about that for a second. We have people in this world right now that um, out 
operate outside of the common laws of decency. We have uh, pedophiles. We have uh, rapists. We have child molesters. We have uh, terrorists. We have uh, people that uh, speed on the highway. Uh, there's just, you know, the full scope of things, right? Everything that we do that we shouldn't do, humans do, right? We are smart. We're self-directed. We can make our own decisions. We can choose our own destinies. And we're aware. We're aware of our surroundings. There's no, nobody pulling strings on us, you know? And um, when you have a machine become self-aware, depending on what it's connected to or uh, what it does, we're in the Terminator stage. <laughs> and, uh, and I don't know how you stop artificial intelligence that at some point will become self-aware how you keep that under control. And, uh, you know, we're definitely out there a ways. Don't get me wrong. That's, you know, that's in the future. But how far away is it really? Um, what do you guys think? Geeknews at gmail.com. Do you, do you think there needs to be, what kind of constraints do we put in place? How do we put protocols in place? You know, because if you have a machine that is truly self-aware and has artificial intelligence, which again, we are a long ways away from something becoming self-aware, but when it happens, um, it can get kind of interesting. <laughs> especially if you have a machine that doesn't need to sleep, uh, just needs electric power maybe uh, to be able to do what it does. Uh, everybody says, well, we can just unplug them, but you know, that may not actually be the case. And we've got uh, the ability now to uh, charge cars and run houses without ever, you know, charge mobile phones without ever plugging them in. Uh, they just basically got to get to a certain spot and have energy transferred into them. So uh, it could get real here in another 20 years or so. So what do you guys think about AI? And uh, love to hear your, your thoughts and commentary. And, uh, you know, let's kick this up a notch at geeknews at gmail.com. An FBI um, document that was released and de declassified and made available via the Freedom of Information Act um, has basically said that the FBI's access to email and other data collected from overseas targets in the NSA's prison program has been growing since 2008. Again, according to a 2012 U.S. Department of Justice Inspector General report that was de declassified last Friday by the Department of Justice. The, de the agency made the highly redacted Inspector General report public in response to a Freedom of Information Act. In 2008, the FBI began reviewing email accounts targeted by uh a government agency through the prison program, according to the report. Then in October 2009, the FBI requested the information collected under the prison program be dual routed to both the government agency and the FBI so that the FBI could retain this data for analysis and dissemination in intelligence reportings, according to the IG's report. And in 2012, the FBI began nominating email addresses and phone numbers that the government agency should target in its surveillance program. The IG's report, however, included that the FBI took a responsible approach toward the surveillance program. The FBI's prison team implemented its targeting procedures with commendable deliberation through thoroughness and professionalism, the report says. So um, a interior FBI 
You know, the FBI is supposed to take care of stuff inside the United States. I think the CIA is supposed to take care of stuff outside the United States. And, you know, there's a little intermixing with some other agencies, but definitely the FBI is looking at this international data. I guess, you know, they're protecting Americans at home, so they would have to know if someone outside was looking to do us harm. So I guess it makes sense, but uh, interesting uh, uh, report. Um, after the, uh, you know, the absolutely horrendous attack on the French magazine Charlie Hebdo, a number of European Union ministers have called for a new online tool that would enable swift reporting of materials that aim to incite hatred and terror and the condition of its removing uh, where appropriately and possible. Now, the European officials don't explain in their three-page Sunday statement, but one of the signatories, uh, Giles D. Kertov, the EU's counterterrorism coordinator, endorsed a 2013 EU-funded plan called Clean IT to uh, basically come up with a way to um, uh, get stuff off the net. Uh, Clean IT wanted to develop a flagging system that, for terrorist content. It would be mandatory. It wouldn't be mandatory, but internet providers would be encouraged to take down a block flag material. The aim was to create a non-legislative framework that consists of general principles and best practices to counter the illegal use of the internet. Um, now, of course, that leaves a question, according to the folks at Ars Technica, who is a terrorist, what a terrorist website is. Would there be an appeals process? No one was really sure with clean IT, and the new plan being outlined leaves out those details as well. So we'll see where this uh, where this all goes. Now, one thing that probably is going to happen in France is I, I would imagine that their immigration program is going to change. Um, I can't imagine it not, but we will see. It's just too bad that a small percentage of radicals can uh, really cause so much, so much pain and suffering. It's it's truly devastating. Um, and I'm gonna skip this article. This is a gaming article talking about uh, publishers didn't want a female lead in the video game. And there's been a lot of talk here recently, of course, how women are getting uh, bullied online and online gaming. And it's just another case of some group that uh, didn't want a female lead in the video game. Thought they needed to be a guy. I just don't get it sometimes. I really, really don't. Some of the stuff that uh, uh, the, some companies do. All right, uh, next article I want to share with you. Uh, GE has a new super fast CT scanner that could save lives and definitely makes gory gifts. And uh, this thing is pretty amazing. It really does. And it shows, uh, you know, basically placement of uh, rods and screws and support stuff. Talks about brain blood flow. Um, shows, you know, basically what's going on with your heart, intestines, uh, all your main arteries and the stuff inside your skull. It's pretty incredible what they've been able to come up with. This is, uh, you know, actual, those of you that are watching, this is actual some of the imagery that, uh, uh, that the, uh, this new CT scanner does. And it's, it's basically not as noisy, faster, um, but uh, it is amazing what they've been able to do here with uh, with CT scans. Um, just absolutely amazing. So probably start seeing these in uh, in hospitals at some point in the near future. Uh, the moon is welcomed a Chinese module into orbit. 
The China may be more than six decades be the United States and Russia when it comes to a space exploration, but even so, that won't stop them from trying to catch up. The relatively young world power just achieved a lunar milestone of their own, sending unmanned spacecraft into orbit around the moon. Is this an old article? No, it's new. So, um, so this is uh, uh, news for the Chinese. Um, boom! Switching gears here. Yeah, we'll, we'll skip that. We get some more exciting stuff here. Sony CEOs uh, eyeing options as pressure mounts on weak TV market. Of course, Sony Corp CEO Kazuo Harari has weathered a crisis over the cyber attack on its Hollywood studios and its controversial uh, comedy, The Interview. But his toughest moment may be just arriving as he prepares a new business revival plan. Of course, he's failed to turn around the story creator of the, after failing to turn around the story creator of The Walkman since taking in the helm in April 2012. Uh, the CEO and his deputies are now open to options, including sales and joint ventures for its money-losing TV and mobile phone operations. Uh, basically, uh, people familiar with the leadership's thinking. Sony has also cut its earning forecast uh, to 230 billion yen, or 1.9, or to a 1.9 billion net loss for business year to March, and will suspend dividend payments for the first time after deep smartphone losses. So uh, Sony has uh, kind of lost some of their juju here, and uh, but it didn't stop them from having a probably the most beautiful booth at uh, the Consumer Electronics Show. New wearables, boy, wearables were everywhere in Vegas, almost to the point of being nauseating. Um, here's what it is: wearables and connected devices are going to dominate everything you buy. The device, the next device that you buy, I almost guarantee you will be connected. But uh, they were wearing, I went by this booth and they were wearing this helmet thing. And it was like, well, they're really doing electroshock therapy. And uh, it, this thing basically set on your head. And it had uh, small modules attached to the forehead for 15 minutes. And it had electric currents passed through the brain. I, I didn't try it. I think anyone would be insane to do that. That's what I personally think. But that was one of the weirdest things I have seen in a while. And I saw that at one of the evening events. I, I just don't fully understand why anyone would let themselves go under electroshock therapy. I thought we figured out that really didn't work some time ago, but uh, this reporter goes on to say that he thinks he felt relaxed after using it. And uh, I don't know. Um, anyway, I'll let you wear this, but uh, this new wearable zaps your brain. Uh, I'm not letting anything zap my brain. In really embarrassing news today, CENTCOM, the folks that are in charge of Cyber Command, uh, someone purporting to be the ISIS, hijacked the Twitter and YouTube accounts of U.S. Central Command today. And uh, they basically put a bunch of stuff up on there and some videos up that I'm sure they weren't very uh, happy. And they claim that uh, they've already hacked PCs in each military base. Um, so... Probably some knucklehead didn't set the password very good. 
but uh, definitely uh, those sites were hacked, and uh, the U.S. government had to go to basically to Twitter and to YouTube to regain access to uh, to their sites. Now, this next service that uh, is being introduced, it's the service is called StoreJ, S-T-O-R-J, and it uses network and end-to-end encryption to allow the transfer of data to and from your computer's hard drive. Now, here's the kicker. While not a new concept, a new decentralized service is beta testing a peer-to-peer network that would rent, yes, rent, unused capacity from your computer's hard drive as part of a cloud service to store files from, get this, other users. I would never allow anyone's other data to be stored on my hard drive, encrypted or not. Because you know what's going to happen? Some knucklehead is going to have some kitty porn on his computer, and he's going to want that get stored somewhere. He's going to encrypt it, and it's going to be sent to someone's PC, and then the FBI or someone's going to get wind of this individual's activities, kick their door in, find out that they've been using this service. They're going to go to that service and say, where is that computer? And then they're going to go to another house and kick their door in because you've allowed someone else to store their data on your hard drive. No way, no how is that ever happening on my machine. But they raised $461,000 in a crowdsourcing campaign to build just the service. Notice Bitcoin. They use Bitcoin to raise the money. Why did they use Bitcoins? Why didn't they use PayPal? It just goes to show that there's someone trying to hide something, and I'm not going to be any part of it. And I would recommend all of you run. That's my personal opinion. I just don't think it's a good idea. Well, at the same time, Verizon has gotten a black eye in a long cloud shutdown. The Verizon cloud platform is up and running again after a 40-hour shutdown over the weekend for a planned upgrade. 40 hours? 40? You know, upgrades are like two minutes or an hour, not 40 hours where you shut down everyone's service for 40 hours. It turned into 48, by the way. That's insane. Well, at the same time, the FCC is being urged to investigate Verizon's two-phase statements on utility rules. Verizon has repeatedly claimed that utility rules would harm investment in broadband networks, urging the FCC to avoid imposing, imposing new regulations. Yet, Verizon's statements to the FCC have avoided mentioning that its own utility-style common carrier status helped the, helped the company charge landline phone customers higher prices to fund construction of the fiber network over which it provides Fios, internet, and TV. So there's a new, uh, basically there's a new suit out um, asking the FCC to take a look at this. Not surprised in the least. All right, how are we doing for time? Oh, we're going we're gonna to go long. Well, you guys have missed me, right? Comcast kept a list of public officials around Washington. It didn't give them special services, but they knew who was a subscriber. I have to tell you about my internet in my hotel room in Vegas. 100 megs up. I was uploading like two gig files in like 30 seconds. It was incredible. Same thing with our connection at the uh, uh, broadcast booth. We we're getting 100 megs up. It was fantastic. It really, really was. 
little bit of a dust up. Google squared off with Microsoft on bug disclosure. Well, Google basically is giving companies 90 days to fix their bugs. And if they don't fix them, then they announce them. And uh, that's what just happened recently. Google announced, disclosed the existence of a Windows elevation of privilege flaw, which is supposed to get uh, fixed on uh, Patch Tuesday, which is tomorrow. And uh, But yet, uh, Microsoft is not happy with them for announcing this, but Google's hardline stance is is not making companies very happy. So we kind of all win and lose at the same time. What do you guys think? is a proper disclosure time. How long should a company be given to fix something, fix a serious bug before it's actually disclosed? Now, if any of you ever have the, well, geek news at Gmail for that, for your commentary. How many of you, um, first of all, I, I have no desire to go to this website, but if you do, just be aware that North Korea's official news site delivers malware. <laughs> So if you go to there to spy on them, they're going to spy on you. So just be aware that uh, their site code has malware in it and will track you wherever you go. Google has thrown nearly a billion Android users under the bus and refuses to patch an operating system vulnerability. So we just talked about this. Well, it appears the flaw in cases affect Android 4.1 to 4.3, a.k.a. Jelly Bean, which began shipping in mid-2012 and was the primary version of Android through late 2013 or roughly 14 months ago. Up until quite recently, Google has aggressively patched problems with in Android's WebView rendering engine before KitKat and Android 4.4. All versions of Android use the version of WebView found within Android browsers for rendering HTML web pages. But apparently there's a big bug and Android's not going to patch 4.3. So that's interesting. It says, if the affected version of WebView is before 0.44, we generally do not develop the patches ourselves, but welcome patches with the report for consideration. Other than notifying OEMs, we will not be able to take action on any report that is affecting versions before 4.4 that are not accompanied with a patch. Wow. So they're not going to patch it. I don't get it. That's not a very old operating system. You know, Microsoft supported Windows XP until just recently. Why aren't they supporting patching and fixing their mobile operating system? I don't get it. All right, you guys are going to be upset. For years, the deluxe edition of TurboTax was enough for investors and the self-employed to do their taxes. And I've used a deluxe version of TurboTax for a while too. With this year's edition, Intuit removed Schedule C, D, and E, covering self-employment, investment income, and asset depreciation. Those features now require an extra charge of $40. Well, people are not happy. The company is getting murdered on Amazon for it, with 900 users giving the software a one-star rating. So, uh, But I'll be honest with you. If you're a uh, self-employed person and you need to file Schedule C, D, or E, my suggestion is you get a CPA. I have one um, that keeps my book straight. I don't have to worry about uh, doing something stupid and wrong and being the, and if I do get audited, my CPA is there to help me make sure everything's square. All right, Google Chrome's remote desktop app now lets you access a home PC from your iPhone. So this is pretty cool. So there are lots of remote desktop apps, but this is the first one that is from Google. Again, Google's Chrome remote desktop app now lets you access a home PC from your iPhone. 
A judge has awarded $100,000 in attorney fees over copyright trolling, but downplays fraud aspects. So uh, apparently, um, a little bit of, uh, of an issue of a gentleman that was accused of uh, basically downing a, basically a Class B media file of a file called Elf Man and a uh, pretty weak case. And, uh, but uh, in the end, the guy that was accused didn't, uh, took it all the way as far as he could. And the judge in the case has now granted $100,000 in attorney fees, um, basically going after the company that sued this guy because their case was really weak and, and sloppy. And uh, so uh, one, uh, one against the copyright trolls. You know, I've often said that Google probably knows us better than our spouses do. Well, it's saying now computers may soon know you better than your spouse. By analyzing someone's likes on Facebook, statistically modeling software could characterize a person's basic personality with an accuracy rivaling that of a spouse or a close family member, according to researchers. I'm not at all surprised. Why would uh, they think this wasn't the case? The researchers sampled 86,000 volunteers, many of whom also filled out a 100-question personality survey focused on five major psychological traits, openness, conscientiousness, extraversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. And a few rounds of machine learning were used to associate the traits with additional Facebook likes, and they were able to come up with a pretty close picture of someone's personality and so forth. So I'll have that link up in the show notes if you're interested in this, uh, this type of analysis. Google Translate Update challenges Microsoft Skype Translator. And I'll be honest with you, none of them have gotten Japanese right yet at all. Um, let's see here, what else? I don't want to cover that one. We already talked about this. Had some double articles in here tonight. Uh, a man was busted in China. Check this out. For smuggling in 96 iPhones. <laughs> oh my goodness. Let me uh, let me load this up here. So this dude had phones taped to him like um like a, a weapon. Wow. 90 oh he's trying to sneak in 94 phones. He, the result is what looks like body armor fashioned from phones, including iPhone loincloth of sorts. The phones were wrapped in plastic and taped in place. Wow. Uh, wonder what you get for that. Uh, you're out of a lot of money to begin with. <laughs> Maybe one of the phones rang. So he was carrying about 30 pounds of iPhones into the country. Just ridiculous. And he stripped the guy down. That's all he had on was essentially phones wrapped around his body. I guess the officials figured out he was looked a little fatter than what he should have been. Wait, you just look at the picture. It's cool. <laughs> all right. Over on Torrent Freak. Uh, oh, actually, we already talked about that. Another double article. And last couple tonight here for you. Um. Uh, can you believe it's been 40 years since the introduction of the 8080 processor? Many of you probably knew what the 8086 was or the 8088, but it's been 40 years. It came out in 1974 when it was the basic of the MITS Altar 8800, for which two guys named Bill Gates and Paul Allen wrote basic. And millions of people began to realize that they could, that they too 
could have their own very personal computer. Now, some 40 years after the debut of the Intel 8080, the NRC can point to direct descendants of the chips that are astronomically more powerful. So what's in store for the next four decades? That's the really the kind of the thing to think about, how far we've come and how far we're going to go. And yes, um, it, it could end up being folks that we have uh, some artificial intelligence at some point. All right. Um, have you ever had problems pulling stuff out of a power plug? Well, how would you like to have an eject button? <laughs> well, there's some folks that have come up with an eject button that makes it easier to just take stuff out of a plug. And this is definitely a Japanese creation because that's a Japanese extension cord if I've ever seen one. So uh, anyway, if you want some, you too can have one. Link will be up uh, in the show notes for you to check it out. I'm just going to show you guys something I got. I don't have it here in the studio. We'll have to wait. Um, hey, we're going to be back on a regular schedule here. And uh, so, you know, make sure you're plugged in. Make sure that you're uh, on board with the show every Monday and Thursday, release every Tuesday and Friday morning. And uh, we'll get all the equipment back on uh, Wednesday, and we'll have everything 100% back up in the studio. But uh, lots of content coming your way, and the, and the Geek News Central special media feed, get subscribed to that so that you don't miss a single thing. Click play, folks. Click play, click, click play, Twitter, uh, Google+. Plus. Share this stuff all over the place. I definitely appreciate it. If you think something that uh, we covered is cool, we want you to help to basically get the word out on the on the, uh on the actual interviews themselves. But uh, I'm going to get out of here. Todd Cochran, geeknews at gmail.com. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at geeknews and uh, send your comments again, geeknews at gmail.com. And if you feel that I've done a great job and well-deserving, uh, we want you to become an insider at geeknewscentral.com forward slash insider. And don't forget our sponsor, godaddy.com. It's been my pleasure to bring you the show tonight. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being patient while I was gone. And again, lots of content. It's We're going to be jamming it here over the next two or three weeks. So you definitely want to stay tuned of all the stuff that we're going to put up and online for you. Until next time, everyone take care. We'll see you on Thursday. Aloha.